Hey, thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. Man, worship was good today. Uh, Let's do one more thing. There's people watching all over the world today. And it's amazing to me still, 20 years into this, that there's people watching all over the world right now. So let's welcome all our people that are watching from South Augusta all the way to Djibouti. Let's give them a big warm welcome. I just wanted to say Djibouti, just to be honest with you. One of my second favorite words, so it's great. Uh, If you're new here today, uh, you are um, here on a great day because you are here for what we know now as Bobby Smith's, Pastor Bobby's new favorite series. And we're going to talk about this thing, Work in Progress. And it's interesting because I want to get it out kind of up front before we get knee deep into the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a four-week series. We're going to talk about it. But this series is not about quick change. It's not about like just kind of fixing one thing and kind of going and moving to the next thing. This is about lasting change and developing lasting, ongoing change, the kind of only the Holy Spirit can bring. And it was interesting. I was watching a show this past week. And how many people have ever been to Italy? Anybody ever been to Italy? Um, how many people would like to go to Italy? So go. What's holding you up? Just go. Uh, In 2015, we had the privilege to go to Italy, and I didn't go. Of all the places in Italy, this is one of the places I didn't go, but how many people have ever heard of the Leaning Tower of Pisa? So everybody, you've seen the stupid pictures on Facebook where they're holding the Leaning Tower of Pisa up. It's still ridiculous, but you know, it's like like the picture of, anyway, David's the other one, but you'd have to see that one. You can Google it later. Uh, it, it's interesting, but you know what I found out? Um, and, and there's some argument about who was the architect and, uh, and, and who actually designed the building and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing that fascinates me, and it's, it's really, it made me think about this series. It took 199 years to build the Leaning Tower of Pisa. 199, did y'all, did y'all catch that? 199 years. Now, there's a couple of things I want us to, to grasp. The first thing is this. At some point, was there anybody smart enough to go, this thing's leaning a little bit? Like, have y'all noticed, like, we got to do something with this. Like, just let as everybody push this way. Maybe we can, right? That's one. The other one is, it took 199 years. Like, I, I was thinking about this. And just to give you a frame of reference and give you a little perspective, this is kind of interesting. The Roman Colosseum, I had a chance to go to the Roman Colosseum, right? So the Roman Colosseum was built in 10 years, not hundreds, 10 years. And there's a flotation area in there where they can bring water in and they would do boat races and boat fights and, and simulate all this kind of stuff in 10 years. There's another uh, great work of art. It's the uh, Great Pyramid of Giza, 20 years. Now, how many, how many people have been to London, but there, this thing, it, it was shown last week, Buckingham Palace. Now, I, I, you know, you look at that, you think hundreds of years, 23 years. Now, here, here's what I want us to get again. 199 years. Now, we understand construction in Augusta a little bit, don't we? Like, I've been here since 1988, and they've been working on the same stretch of highway between Augusta and Columbia since 1988. And I'm going to tell you, it's not getting any better. They've been working on Washington Road for 4,000 years. Pontius Pilate was a private when they started that project, right? Right? That this, it's years. The Furious Ferry Road, though it seems like it's only like, they, and then next they're going to do, they're going to destroy our road. And it's going to take, right? But think, so I like watching construction. You guys, I've got a good friend of mine that's in the construction business. And one of our elders is in the construction business. And I like watching, I, I love watching when they go in and they clear a lot. Do you ever go there? Like they clear the lot and it's like, wow. And you, what do you say? I wonder what this is going to be. 
Right? You're thinking to yourself, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a you know a really great restaurant. They're gonna finally bring a macaroni grill or a a Maggiano's Italian place. Or maybe they're gonna whatever. And so all of a sudden they clear it and they start putting down all the, the, the stuff for the foundation, and you see cement trucks come in, and all of a sudden they start and you go, I wonder what it's gonna be. And then, and then all of a sudden you start seeing sticks go up. You see wood or you see something, a metal framing. And you're going, oh my gosh, it's going to, I wonder what it's going to be. And then they put the roof on it and they close it in and you realize it's another Dollar General. <laughs> right? Or, or maybe it's a doctor's office. I don't know. But just the whole time you're like, you're going, I wonder. There's this excitement. But is it me or is it just... It seems like they go up that fast. Like all of a sudden, there's nothing there, and the next day, there's this building. I was telling a friend of mine the other day, and I was wrong on this, but I was telling a friend, there's a gas station. I think it's on Evansville. It's the extension of Bobby Jones. And I'm riding up the road, and I'm going, where did that come from? There's a gas station right there. Like one day it was there, and the next day it's building. It was fast. It was like all of a sudden it was there. And I want to tell you, life changes nothing like that. Life changes more like the Leaning Tower of Pisa where it takes hundreds of years. Now, here's a good promise. It's going to happen. It's going to be well-constructed. You're going to pass all the building inspection, and it's going to live forever. It's going to last forever, which we can't say that about anything else in our lives. But when we build, when we build on Jesus, when we build on what God's trying to do, though it's going to take a while, though it's going to take a pro- and, and we're going to talk about there's some pain and there's some tension that happens in this process, but it's going to last forever. And here's the, and this is what I've learned. I've been a believer since I'm 17 years old. What I've learned is this. Sometimes you don't even see the process of growth. Sometimes you don't even see the change. And, and, and I'm 57. Like there's, there's certain things like I know that they change, but I can't tell you like, oh, it was right then. It was just a process of change. I was thinking about a passive scripture and it's one of my favorites and it's, it's becoming kind of a life verse. If you, if you guys know what a life verse is, it's something that I read it and I go, man, I can, ref- I can, I can get this one. But it's in, it's in Luke chapter six, verse 48. And it says, it's like a person, right? What we're talking about. It's like a person building a house or building a dollar general or building a doctor's office or di- a bu- building a leaning tower, whatever it is. It's like a person building a house who digs deep. I want to push pause for a second. Because I think sometimes we read through scripture and instead of reading into scripture and we go, oh, he dug deep, that's great. And we think two shovelfuls. When I was 17 years old, I knew that God called me to ministry, but I didn't know what ministry looked like at the time. I was going to a church. I had just been water baptized. And my youth pastor was one of the guys that would walk on the steel girders. He would walk um, um, in, the, in, the, in the project like in, in New York City, the big skyscrapers. So he's the one that he's one of those guys that would walk across like 25, 30, 45, 50. And he goes, Hey, you want to go to New York and you want to see one of the buildings? And I thought when I, when he said, I thought he's going to make me go up on one of those buildings. I'm going, nay, nay, we're not getting up on anything, but we get there. And it was the most, one of the most defining moments of my life. And we're sitting there and he takes me to this really deep hole, 17 years old. He takes me to this deep hole and it's, you know, preachers exaggerate. It was like four miles deep, but it was probably, you know, three, three, four, five, six hundred, um, you know, maybe feet deep. And, and I'm looking at him going, what's going on here? Like, well, like I, I wanted to see a skyscraper. And he says this and he goes, in order to build high, you've got to dig deep. You've got to have a firm foundation. And I thought to myself, you want to, here's the truth. In your life, your process, your progress, your work, whatever God, you know, you're being the change. 
He's not building, he's not building an outhouse. He's building a skyscraper. He's not building some crap house that's just going to go through life and just kind of mingle through life. He wants you to have life and, and life to its fullest in John 10, 10. So he's building these skyscrapers and in our lives, in order for that to happen, he has to dig deep and it's a process and it takes time. And there's problems and there's, there's all kinds of things that happen. And here's what I will guarantee you. I'll guarantee you, there's, there's something I'll guarantee you right now that everybody in this room, everybody watching online, regardless of where you're watching, you would love to change something about your life. There's something you would like to change. And maybe for some, it's like, I would just like to change my hair color. Okay, change it. There's something I mean, I want to change my eyes. Okay, or I want to lose, you know, two pounds or whatever it is. But but there's some people in this room, there's some people watching online down at Sherwood and Atrium and all across the world, they're going, no, I got some big changes. I'd like to change my finances. I feel like God's got given me the gift of giving and I can't give because I'm strapped down by, by debt. And once I get out of debt, I'm, I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love to change I'd love to change that aspect about my life. There's some people in this room that would love to change not their marital status or not their marriage. Don't misunderstand me because I first service, I went, you'd like to change your marriage. I'm not talking about going to finding another one. I'm talking about fixing the one you have right now. And there's some people that you're going like, it's, it's okay, but man, I want to have a great marriage. Well, what are you going to do? about? There's, there's some people in this room that would like to have a great, you know, family structure or maybe you know, maybe there's people in this room, you have a habit that you've been battling for years and years and years, and you know, like, it, it's going to take God's help, and the only way it's going to, is if we just turn it over to God. There's other people, like, we want to be more spiritual, or maybe we want to be used by God more, or maybe we just want to hear God. We want to change something about our lives. Every one of us, every one of us, if you're breathing right now, you should be wanting to change something about your life. Now, here's the fear, and I had it happen after first service. Somebody walked up to me, and said, I don't want to change anything about my life. And I'm like, dude, you you have no self-awareness. You're not, listen, I'm going to tell you, if you're not changing, you're not living. As a matter of fact, if you're not changing, if there's not progress, you're probably on the decent, you're probably declining your life. And in our lives, we should all be striving for some type of change, something that, that God can do in our lives. And, and, and honestly, only God can do. But here's some things I've learned about change. And there's there's some warnings. And, and there's something like lasting change. I've learned this. Lasting change doesn't come, come easily. Like it's a lot of work. Anybody watch any of those, those like they recreate houses and they polish it. They put lipstick on a pig on a house. They, they take that house and it's, you know, a horrible. And all of a sudden the next, they move that bus and it's a wow. Do you know what statistics show about those shows? Within about 24 months, those houses go right back to the way they were. You know why? Because things get old. Houses depreciate. Cars wind up in the junkyard at one day, you know, one day. Even if you get like, uh, I, I, first service, I said you can send your complaints to, to alanrunner.com. But like, you know, I, I know people that have had all kinds of surgeries to help themselves and all that. You know, statistics shows about, show about surgeries, like all, all, that people, unless there's a habit change, they go right back to the way they were. I mean, I, some of us are living proof in this room. We diet in January, and then we feast in February, right? And, and, and what we have found out, you can live in a house, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go down. Put enough miles on a car, it goes down. Cosmetic surgery, it, it goes down eventually. Listen, the Bible, Bible says that every one of us are on the decline, you don't want to hear this? 
I'll go somewhere else and preach this right here. The Bible says man's appointed one time to die. I don't know that we're getting better as we get older. But here's the deal. When God changes us, it lasts forever. Second Corinthians has turned out to be one of my favorite passages of Scripture. and says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and a new life has begun. That means we, we listen, we're not living in, in, we're not susceptible to decay anymore. We're not susceptible to despair or destruction or dilapidation. None of those things happen. When God makes change, it's a permanent change in our lives. Unlike all the other, every other change we try to do, we can change our hair color, we can change our eyes, we can change our physique, we can, we can live in a different house, we can have a different, all that stuff is susceptible to all those things. But when God makes change in our life, we're not susceptible to that. And I'm going to tell you something. Here's something, and it's the truth. Lasting change is also, it takes a while. It's also not comfortable to get there. Um, we have a friend that comes to our church. She serves all over the place. Her name is Lauren Kay. She owns a business in our town called, I think it's called 12 Stones. And it's, a, it's a business. She sells all these rocks and everything. And, and I saw the, a couple of weeks ago, she had these rocks and they were all polished and they were all beautiful. I'm thinking, man, how did I get it? So we started doing a little research. You know what I found out they do? They put rocks in this tumbler. And what they put in that tumbler is grit. They put like sand, high, dense, high, you know, real high strength. And then they tumble it for hours and hours and hours. And it goes in dull and it goes in with all kinds of sharp edges. And it comes out beautiful and it's polished and all that kind of stuff. Do you know that's the life of a believer? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that's the life of a believer. There's always grit in our life. You know, we live in a world that, that grits uh, in our life all the time. But you know something? It's about perspective. And so many times all we see is the, pro- the problem. We don't see that God's trying to do something and produce a fruit in us that only grit in our lives will bring. That's why, you know, some passages like, like, like James. James is a passage like sometimes we joke about, it, like we talk about counted pure joy. No. Or yes. Listen to what it says, dear brothers and sisters. When troubles, when grit, when life rubs against you, count it pure joy. It says, of any kind, come your way. Consider it an opportunity for a great joy. That grit of life may be exactly what God's using to bring the best out of them. Do you know that diamonds have to go underneath incredible pressure in order to come out the best diamonds? Oysters have to sit at the bottom of the ocean or the bottom of a river for years and years and years, and it's because of the compression that they come out. You know what happens in a believer's life because of the tension and, and, and that process? We come out better on the other side. I have grown more from my struggles than I have my successes. I have watched God move more in my struggles, whether it's health or family, than my, than my, my easy times, my, 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 my just let's go through life. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That everything is the grit in life. That everything is the tension in life. That everything is the trials in life. That everything is the problems that we have in our lives. And it brings out the best. So that's what we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. How to bring out the best. Lasting change in our lives. And we're going to look at being a doer of the word. We're going to be, we're going to be talking about action. We're going to talk about pro, pro, procrastination. We're going to talk about longevity. We're going to talk about all that. But today, we're going to talk about this one concept, and it's think for a change. And I don't mean that to be negative. Like, would you think for a change? That's what we heard from our parents, didn't Did you think for a change? I'm not talking about it. I'm just talking about think. Don't stay the status quo for a change. Like, I I believe, honestly, I believe there's a truth 
that sometimes we forget about, that change begins in your mind, and it begins with the thoughts that you think. It's the thoughts that you think. It's what you think that you become. And I'm not trying, this is not self-help stuff. I love the way, though, James Allen said it like this. James Allen said, you are today where your thoughts have brought you, and you will be tomorrow where your thoughts will take you. So, so, so wherever we think, whatever we think, we become. And, and listen, I want to make it perfectly clear. I, I said this a minute ago. This is not a self-help message. This is not like, you know, I'm not trying to like, this is the, the, like, like this, is, this is truth stuff. This is, this is changing what God, things that only God can do in our lives. As a matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 4.23, I love the way it says this. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. This isn't self-help. This is Bible. We got to get a a checkup from the neck up in order for us to change. There's some things that have to change up here. Romans chapter 12, we did a whole series in January uh, and February called Transformed. And this was the kind of the, where we laid the, the foundation from. It was don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It's about what's going on up here. And it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Philippians chapter uh, 2, verse 13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire of the power. See, it's God's work in you. It's not Bobby's work. It's not the words from Bobby. It's not a Sunday school. It's not, a, it's not a, an access group. It's, it's what God is doing in you. So if you can lay that foundation that this whole series is about what God wants to do in us, then we can, we can kind of move on. And, and, and the thing that I want us all to get today is, if we're going to have lasting change, how does that happen? And I believe it starts with this one thing. We need to learn to think about what we think about. Think about what we think about. Many times, our thoughts are merely reactions to whatever's going on around us. It's the tension of, of this is the circumstances, and this is how I, I respond to the circumstance. Many times, our circumstances tell us to think how we, we should think. And in many times, we allow our thoughts to be random, and actually, we allow our thoughts to go, go all over the place, right? Anybody, am I the only one? I'm going to give you proof in the pudding. I'm studying for this message. I'm looking at the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, because I want to give you guys this new truth from there, right? So I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, a pop-up comes up. I'm in a commentary online, um, and a pop-up comes up, and it's the state of affairs in the United States and the fiscal responsibility we have. Well, I'm interested in that. Pops up, and I start reading, and then all of a sudden, it comes up, Brian Kemp is giving $500 to all the people in Georgia. I want one of those. You tracking with me so far? And then all of a sudden, because I'm on a website about Georgia, it pops up ESPN. And it's the top 10 football programs in the United States and how they've ranked them for 2023. And Georgia's number one again. I click on it. I want to hear about the new, in- oh, we have a five-star recruit and a four-star recruit, and we got 10 of these, and we have gotten transfers from all that. You know what? Two hours into it. Don't, don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me, because in first service, I asked for a show of hands, how many people this has happened to? About 90% of the people. The other 10% were liars, and there's another group for them later. Okay, that, I'm going to deal with that lying thing in a minute. Because our thoughts lead us down things that, and, and, and all I'm saying is, we need to think about what we think about. I wasted two hours on stuff that was up to the whole ESPN thing. And you know what? I ended up arguing with a guy called the sports professor 
on a, on a chat line. I was arguing about who is the greatest baseball team of all times. And it was an hour. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just wasted two and a half hours of my life. It comes down to this. We need to learn how to think on purpose. Hear me on this. Philippians chapter 4, 8 substantiates that. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Now stop right there. Anybody play sports? Anybody play baseball or softball? There's a thing called a bucket talk. I did a series called the bucket talk. And it's when the coach sits on the bucket and he goes, pay attention right here. Get it right here. This is really, really important. I love what I, I believe the writer is Paul. Well, I love what he says here. He says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, watch right here. Pay attention to this. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know what I, if I, just totally authentic right now. Do you know what I find myself thinking about? My problems. I don't find myself thinking a lot of times on this thing. I don't think about what I should think about. I think about how big that problem is, or how am I going to resolve that problem, or who should I blame for that problem, or whose butt do I need to kick for that problem, right? Anybody, but just me? Like, I, I spend, and I may spend an hour thinking about that problem. And I had this epiphany last week, and it's interesting, and I, and I realized this. Um, there, there's a solution to this if we would just, just kind of lean into it. Now, I like to hunt. If, if, if you don't know, if that offends you, I, I apologize. I love shooting turkeys in the face, and I love having a good time. And, out there, and a couple of weeks ago, we were out turkey hunting, and it was foggy, and it was five. Some of you are going, I'm never coming back to this church again. AllenRunner.com. No, AllenRunner, whatever it is. So there's this app called HuntStand, and it's like a Google, it's like Google Maps for hunters. And so you can put all your stands in, you can mark all your roads. So I had it marked. I was there, I was there a couple of days before in the light time. So I marked all these things, but it was foggy. It was dark. It was 530 in the morning and I'm sitting there and everything is kind of scrunched together and you couldn't see, you couldn't see very much. And there's actually a little tab at the top, right? Where you push that little tab, it looks like a compass and you push that tab and it takes you right back to where you are. And that's great. If you know where you are, I know where I was. So I'm, I'm sitting there and all this stuff is all jumbled. And he, here's the answer. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's something you can do. You can zoom out. And so I started zooming out. And when I started zooming out, it got all the clutter out. And it showed, oh, there's that road right there. There's the road and there's all these marks right there. And oh, there's the lake. That's where I'm trying to head to. I'm trying to head to that lake. And oh, there's the field. So I know I need to go this way. Just by zooming out. And you know what happens in our lives? It's all zoomed in. Everything's just all crushed together. And there's problem, 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 problem. We can't see anything else. What would happen if we zoomed out? What would happen if we just zoomed out and said, okay, the problem is not as big as I think it is. Let's, let's zoom out a little bit. And you know what zooming out means? Zooming out means all of a sudden you see God's work in your life again. Right? All of a sudden, when you zoom out and you're not looking at the problem so closely, you go, man, God has been involved in my life. We just sang this song, When the Rain Comes and the storms. That's zooming out right there. I don't know about you, but I've seen God work in my life over and over again, but sometimes the problems seem so big and so apparent, and it's so hairy and so audacious that I can't see anything. But I got to zoom out. What would happen in our lives? That's making sure that we we're, we're thinking about what we're thinking about, that we're, we're, we're putting, we're putting you know, time into actually what we're thinking about. 
Think about the broader context of your life. There's three things that Paul is talking about in this passage in Philippians. He says, think about what is true. He thinks, think about what is noble and think about what is right. And I said, okay, what does that mean? Think about what is true. How big is that problem really? In the light of eternity, how big is that problem? It's not that big, is it? And here's, and I've had people over the years, like even in, even in death, it's not that big of a problem. Here's the deal. I have a great plan post this earth. I get to go to heaven. Now I'm not ready to go yet, but that's not a bad gig, is it? Like I get to live forever. I get to walk on streets of gold. The Jesus that I've been telling people about for years, I'll get to meet. I'll get to hear good, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Come now and rest. In light of my problems, it's, and and you know what happens? We we don't think about what is true because when we think bigger about the problem, you know what the, the lie is? That this problem is impossible. How about what is noble? That's what's right. When you think about what's noble, you're, you're making, okay, I have clarity in this. This is just, I'm not going to believe what the enemy's telling. I'm not going to believe what people are saying. I'm going to believe what's right. It's noble. You know? And here's one of the things I've learned. In the whole right thing, some of us start to wish our problems away. Can I tell you a secret? You can't wish your problems away. You can't wish. You got to deal with them in the right way. You got to handle them. And sometimes you got to take responsibility for them. Last week I said something. I think I hurt somebody's feelings, so I'll say it again. We were talking about, you know, Mother's Day and parenting and all that kind of stuff and taking responsibility. Listen, not every problem that you're going through is because your parents' rigid potty training. Take responsibility for yourself. Grow up. Some of them, because you put yourself in that position. Dumb. You did it. Take responsibility. Figure it out. Move on. Let me give you another thing. For each thought, put each thought into its proper place. You know, every thought has a proper place. Every thought that we have, 2 Corinthians says like this in 10.5, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And it says, and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Every thought yields one of three responses. Do you know that? Every thought you have, maybe there's more, but every, a negative action, this thought's going to take me down a negative road. It's going to take me down a place I shouldn't be. It's going to take me to a dark place. It's going to take me to something, you know, that, that's way over here. It takes me to inaction. Sometimes my thoughts, I don't do anything with. Sometimes, sometimes God's giving me an action item that he wants in my life. I want you to do this in your life. And I go, you know, so I'm not going to deal with it right now. And then there's a third, which we're going to spend a lot of time next week talking about, but there's a positive action. There's things that God speaks to me and says, you know, I want you to do this thing. And I go, you know, that thought I'm bringing into the obedience of Christ and I'm going to take it down the road and it needs to go. We need to identify every thought and put it in its proper place by asking. I believe we can ask three questions. First question is this. I'm going to take a little time here. Who is the influence beyond this, beyond this thought? Dad, mom, a bad relationship with a coach or a teacher? Was it, was it somebody that was in authority over you? What, 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 who's giving that thought? What's that voice? And what is it saying? Where is it taking you? Second question. What does this reveal about what I believe? How I respond to this question reveals what I believe. It, it reveals whether, you know, it's a habit or a hurt or whatever it is. How I handle that says a lot about what I believe. It reveals that you sometimes think, I sometimes think that the circumstances are greater than, the, than God's power. How I respond to it sometimes says that I feel like God is not, or the Holy Spirit's promises aren't as true. Or there's no way that, man, I'll tell you a big lie, I believe it, that God is not interested in helping me. He's got all these other things on his plate. He's not interested in helping me. 
And you got to ask those, those two questions straight out. And the third one is, where will this type of take, this type of thinking take me? What, 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 what's the road that it's going? What, what's the path? If I keep going down the road of this thinking, I do quite a bit of counseling at Journey. I'm not the only counselor here, but I do quite a bit of counseling. And it's amazing to me how many times people come in my office and they speculate that their spouse is having an affair. Oh, he's having an affair. She's having an affair. And you know where it starts? I saw him looking at a picture on Facebook. Or, or I heard him talking on the phone to somebody and I think it was a female. And then all of a sudden, you know what happens? You go from right here to way over here. The next thing you know, you're thinking your spouse is having an affair. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't happen at times, but I'm telling you, that's how the enemy will bring thoughts into our minds. And we got to bring every thought into the captivity of Christ is what scripture says. That means we have to control it. We have to think and we have to, we have to have it in its proper place, right where, where, right where God would have it with God being number one. Let me give you the last thing here. I got about five more minutes to talk. The last thing is this. We need to follow up, and we're going to talk about this next week in, in detail. We need to follow up our best thoughts, your best thoughts, with appropriate actions. Um, you, you've all heard this. If I had a glass of water, like we'll say this, this bottle right here. Let me, let me get it right here. So some would say that this is what? Half full. Optimists. Right? Let's do something. How many people say half full? I want you hanging out with me all the time. How many people say half empty? We got a group for that. <laughs> but you know, a better question is, how can I fill it up? Right? Because the other two don't require an action. Half empty, half full, there's no action involved. But filling it up, there's an action. And you know what God wants to do with our, with our thoughts? He wants us to have action. He wants to put action behind us, especially if it's something that God's telling us to do. Like, I want you to do this. He doesn't want us to sit there and waste. He wants us to work on it. He wants to walk in that thing and figure out what God's, what he's called us to do. I, I love Proverbs 13, 16. And this tells us two truths. It, it says, wise people think before they act. <clears throat> Here's the two truths. Not to act without thinking, which a lot of us do. Right? We don't think about the, the circumstances or the consequences. And it happens a lot with kids, right? Did, like, did you think this was a good, <laughs> this is my favorite. Did you think this was a good idea at the time? I, I, have a ser, I have a sermon series I'm working on, and it's going to be called At the Time. And it's all the scriptures in the Bible or all the stories in the Bible or at the time. Did it seem like it was a great idea? Like, did, really? But the other part of that, and there's, there's, a, there's a B part of this that's just as important. It says not to think without acting. That we have to, when God tells us to do something, we thought about it, we have to act on it. Too often in our lives, we know the right thing to do, but we don't do it. And what would happen if our thoughts would take us down that road? You know, thoughts of, I want to get, we talked about change, our financial stuff. What if we put actions to that? We, we know God's truth, right? We know God's truth that when we're stingy with God, he doesn't pour out blessings, how about our marriage? We, some, some of us in the beginning said, yeah, I, our mar my marriage, okay? What, do you, what kind of action are you going to put to that? Now, how about, how about whatever that, you know, that relationship thing that you want or that, that addiction that you have, that, 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 you know, that habit that you want to get rid of? Are, are you willing to put some action to that thing? And scripture says this in Hebrews chapter four. It says, so God set another time for entering his rest. And that, that, time, is, that time is today. I love that. And God announced this through David 
Much later in the words already quoted, he says, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You know what that means? Do something with it. Do something with what God's speaking to you. James chapter one, verse 22 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. And then I love this next part. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. You gotta be doers of the word. So over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about change. We're gonna talk about lasting change. We're gonna talk about how we can, through our minds and through our actions and through our words that we say and, and, and through not procrastinating and through being in it for the long haul, how God can change our lives. And at the end of the, it may be 199 years, but you're a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. There's a challenge for all of us this week, and I want us all to do this together. You'll see it on social media. I'll give you a heads up on it. I want us to read Colossians chapter three every day this week and ask God before you read it, God, what would you want to teach me with this? Because the first two verses in Colossians chapter three talk about our mind, our thoughts. Let's read it together. It's on the side screen. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor in God's right hand. And this verse two, think about the things of heaven not the things of earth. That changes everything. And it's a process. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for the opportunity we have to dive into your word. But I'm gonna say, God, thank you for your word. I'm amazed still after years of being just in a relationship with you that your word still speaks loud and clear to every subject of life. And today I believe there's some of us that struggle with our thoughts. We don't have positive thoughts. We don't have thoughts of how you can handle or how big you are. And God, I would pray that this week, as we're going through this together as a faith community, God, that we would be asking you to open up our eyes to the things that we need to change, that we wouldn't have a bunch of resistance, that we would allow you to do what you need to do in our lives, that we would be open to the Holy Spirit's prompting what needs to be changed. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we would give you permission to change all those things. God, I pray that you would be with us. I pray that you would be with us over the next several weeks, that we would hear your word, that we would read your scripture, that it would come alive to us, God, that our marriages would be better, that our finances would be better, but ultimately that we would be better for you, that we would make your name famous in the community that we live in. We pray all this in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Hey, I want to say thanks for coming today. We'll see you next week here at Journey. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.